Good evening. We're ready to get started tonight. We're learning Maseches Psachem Daf Pei Aleph. Let's just get a little bit of a better view there. Okay, there you go. Hope everyone is doing well. We are starting at the two dots, approximately two-thirds of the way down on Pam and Bays. Tonight, we're only going to be learning one sugya. Thank God. It's clean. It's a little bit of a unique sugya. And we are on Daf Pei Amud Bays, uh, 20 lines or so, 18 lines from the bottom uh, at the two dots. Tonight we're going to be discussing what is referred to as Tumas HaTehom. Tumas HaTehom is a type of Tuma that you had no way of knowing about. Just imagine you're, you're going over a road and under the road, right under the dirt, but you had no way of knowing right under the dirt is a mace. And we hold that Tumas Ole Adarakia, but you had no way of knowing. So there's a Halacha Lamosh Misinai called Tumas HaTehom. And when there's a Tumas HaTehom, the Halacha is, that the tzitz is meratze. This halacha lamosh misinai. That the tzitz of the kohen gadol is meratze. It allows for the korban of that person to still be brought afal p. That they are mamish tummy. We don't. We we overlook it because of the fact that it was too much to home. And if you look at the end of our mishnah on one third of the way down, the last line of the mishnah reads, "Nitzma too much to home." That if one became tummy with too much to home, so the halacha is that the tzitz is merape. That the tzitz of the kohen gadol will allow for ritzui that this person's korban should be brought. That is Tumas HaTehom. And we're going to be discussing this at length. If we were writing this ourselves, although we didn't, but had we done it, we would have come with the Mari Makomos first of how do we know that it's Halacha Lamosh Misi? And we're going to see that on the Yamud Beis. So it's a little, a little choppy in regards to its presentation, which may speak to some of the historical aspects of how the Gemara was written, but uh, for another time. Pam and Beis, two-thirds of the way down. Nitma Tumas HaTehom says the Gemara, a question about Tumas HaTehom. Boy, Rami Bar Rami Barachama wants to know, Kohen sehen. If there's a Kohen who's bringing korbanos, lo lo. If he becomes tummy with tumasatahom, again, it's a tuma, an unknowable tuma. There's no way to have discerned that there was a tuma, and now you're tummy. Do we say that the tzitz would be miratze on that Kohen? Miamrinan. Do we say kigmiri when we learn the halacha l'moshmisina gmiri when we start tradition that tumasatahom is bevilim that it applies that the halacha l'moshmisina that the tzitz is mirata by tumasatahom applies to bevilim but the kohen logmiri maybe we'd assume that it's only going to apply to the bevilim who own the animals but not to the kohanim who are going to be shochet and be zorek odilma or perhaps bezivcha gmiri really it's all about the animal and. The Chiddush of the Halacha Lamosh Misinai only has to do with the animal. We don't care who is Tamei, if it's the Bailim or if it is the Kohen. And now we're going to see a Brisa. This Brisa is going to be the crux of our focus for the next Amud or so. Uh, let us dig in. Amar Rava Tashma, how do we answer this question of whether or not a Kohen is included in the Halacha Lamosh Misinai of the Tzitz being Miratza by Tumas HaTahom, by the Tzitz of the Kohen Gadol? allowing for a korban to be brought when something became tame, when someone became tame in a way that they could not even possibly know about. So Amar Rava Tashma, the Tani Rebchia. We have a brisa from Rebchia. Rebchia was a very, very early Amora, and um, he is quoting from a brisa. Lo Amru, Tumas HaTehom, Ela Lemes Bilvad. This is his understanding of Tumas HaTehom. And we're gonna, this is going to be our last line of the Gemara today as well, this exact line of Tumas HaTehom, only applies by Tumas Mace. So the Gemara says, Mace, Lime Mai. What are we trying to exclude? What was Rufchia's Brisa trying to exclude by saying that Tumas Atahom only applies 
by Tumas Meis. Lav Lameute, isn't it coming to exclude that Tumas Hatahom, that the Halacha Lamosh Misina by Tumas Hatahom doesn't apply to Desheretz, to a case of a Tumas Sheretz? We know the Shmona Shratzim, they can make a person a Risha on the Tumah. Ubemaya Skinan, and who are we talking about that was becoming Tameh? Inema Bibailim. Ubeman, and what type of korban was the Bailam bringing? Ibn Nazir, if what we're talking about a case, if what we are talking about is a case of the Bailam who became Tami with Tumas Sheretz, about a korban Nazir, Mimahanibe, who even needs the ritzui of the tzitz, unnecessary, because ki yamus meis alav amarachmana, the, the, uh, the Tumas Sheretz is not problematic for the Nazir in the first place. So you can't say, that the what is being excluded by Rebchia by saying that the Tumas HaTom only applies by a mace is to exclude a case of the bilim of a korban for a Nazir. That can't be. Ella, what must it be? What must uh, Rebchia have meant in the Brisa? Ella, be'ose Pesach. We're talking about a korban Pesach. So says the Gemara, let me just clarify the case here. Says the Gemara, what, what was meant in Rebchia's Brisa was to say the Tumas HaTahom applies to a Tumas Meis. That Halacha Lemosh Misinai applies when there's Tumas Meis. However, if there is someone who became Tami B'Tumas Sheretz and it's the Bailim and it's for a Korban Pesach, so then that's excluded. There we would not say that Tzitz is Miratza in such a case. Says the Gemara, Ha I could understand that would work just fine. Laman Amar Ein Shochtin Vizorkin Altmei Sheretz. I could understand, according to the one who says that the korban pesach is not allowed to be brought by the by the uh, by the uh, person who's tamei sheretz, that makes perfect sense. But if the person who is tamei tumas sheretz is allowed to bring the korban pesach, so then hashda tuma yudua hutrolo. If we knew about the tuma, we'd allow it by korban pesach tumas hatehom, which is one that we can't know about local shekain. According to the Shita, that within Korban Pesach, a person who is Tamitum Asheretz is allowed to bring the Korban, you can't say that that's what the Brisa was trying to exclude. So within this track, El Alav, it must therefore be that we are talking about the Kohen. We're not talking about the Bailim. We're talking about the Kohen. Ushmami, no, what does Ravchia's Brisa teach us? Hutra, lo, Tumas Hatehom. That he holds, that Ravchia's Brisa teaches us we had asked, does the Tumas HaTahom apply to a Kohen as well as to the Bailim or just to the Bailim? So says the Gemara, after a little shock levitaria, it seems clear from the Brisa of, Reb, of Rebchia, or I should say the Brisa that Rebchia brings, it seems clear that, um, that it would apply even to a Kohen, a little bit more of an expansive that the Tumas had to home if a person became Tame in an unknowable way, that the Tzitz would be Mirata, not only if the Bailam became Tame, but even if the Kohen would become Tame. Amar Rav Yosef, three lines from the bottom, maybe the case is different. Maybe what Rav Chiyaz, Brisa, was trying to exclude was as follows. We're not talking about Kohan. Really, it is a little bit of a more limited scope of a Halacha Lamosh Misinai. Ube Pesach, and it's a Korban Pesach. Ule Tumas HaTehom Ziva. And what we're talking about is what Rav Chia meant when the Brisa said that the Tumas HaTehom only applies um, by a mace. It wasn't to exclude Sheretz because that, as we saw, could be explained in a variety of different ways. But rather, maybe it's coming to exclude the case of a Ziva. Mm -hmm. Ziva, I'll just speak briefly about this because it plays into the next many lines. The Torah speaks about an idea called a Zava and the Zav, a male or a female, by a male. He sees a discharge somewhat similar to Sheikh Fazer. The Gemara Masechus needs the details that it's slightly different. Um, and if a man has multiple reios, two reios 
of this discharge of Zav, he is therefore obligated to keep Sheva Nikim, seven days where he checks. He would wear a special pouch to ensure that he had no more discharges. And that's the halacha by a man. If he had three re'iyos, he'd have to bring a korban too. By women, it's a little different. Women, the way that the Rishonim discusses huge machlokas Rishonim that's brought up in the realms of Hilchos Nida, um, which is as follows. When a woman uh, first gets her period, let's say the first time she gets her period around the age of puberty. So that is going to set off a calendar cycle that works like this. From the first time she gets her period, those seven days are followed by 11 days, seven days, 11 days, seven days, 11 days. And when she sees blood, we first look at the calendar and we say, is she in her seven days, in which case the blood is Nida, or is she in her 11 days, that's days eight through, right, at 11 days, days eight through 18, in which case that blood would be Damziva. Now, if a woman sees during her Yemeziva blood over the course of three days, she is now what's called a Zavagadola. She has to bring a Korban at the end of that, and she has to wait Shevanakim. So that's a little bit of background. If she has less than three Re'iyos, then she does what's called Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom. Then for every day she sees a Re'iyah of, uh, of Zava during her Yemei Ziva, during uh, not the, the seven days, but the 11 days, during that section of 11 days, if she were to see one or two days, she'd only have to be Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom to, to not see uh, that discharge, that dam discharge over uh, an equal number of days, either one or two days. So it says the Gemara at the bottom of Pam and Bez, with that background, we can understand Rav Yosef. The Tumas Tehom de Ziva, Lo You're trying to say that the Tumas Tehom of Ziva is excluded from our case of Tumas Tehom. When Rav Chia's Brisa says the Tumas Tehom only applies to the world of Mace, it comes to exclude Ziva, that's not true. Because Vehatanya, bottom line, Rabbi Yossi Omer, in regards to a woman who saw one day of discharge or two days of discharge during her 11 days of Yemei Ziva. So then, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom. She does keep an appropriate amount of days. Sheshachto, Bizarko Labasheni. And on her second day, so day one, she saw a discharge of Dam. And day two, she saw a discharge of Dam. And then right away, she brought her Korban on day two. And then right away, uh, right away, she saw um, her third day in a row of Dam. So let's say Aleph Nisan, Bez Nisan, Gimel Nisan. Here's how it played out. Aleph Nisan, she saw Dam. Bez Nisan, she saw Dam. And then she brought the Korban Pesach. And then on day three, um, then she saw more blood. So the halacha is, says the Brisa, in the name of Rabbi Yossi, She's not allowed to eat it because she's now a Zava. However, she does not need to bring a Pesach Sheni. So says the Gemara, leading us on, my taima, isn't it the case? You tried to say that really, in the name of Rabbi Yosef, that really, when the Bryce of Rabbiya said that Tumas Atahom only applies to a Tumas Mace, that it's excluding a Zava. And the, and the tits won't help. Yet here we see demiratzitzitz. Lab mishum demiratzitzitz. Says the Gemara, no, no, absolutely not the case. Amri lo, that's not true. Mishum dekasava. Reb Yosi mikanu lehaba he metama. Very difficult shita. Why can't, this, why can't you bring the shita? I don't understand. It's the third day, so she can't be metama, metaya, metaya. No, she's a she's a zava. What's happening now? The flow of events is on Aleph Nisan. She saw blood. On Beis Nisan, she saw blood. And then on Beis Nisan in the afternoon, she brought the korban. She woke up in the morning and then she saw blood again. It's three days in a row of blood. She should be a zavagdola. So we're looking retroactively to say you thought you were a zavagtana. You're not. You're a zavagdola. Shevanakim. You're mamish 
Tamea. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Shevanakim. That's the reason why we wait Shevanakim nowadays with Nida. Because women's calendars are all messed up. So if a woman sees blood for three days in a row, the average menstrual cycle has more than three days of dawn, average. Some have five, some have six, some have two, whatever it is. So the reason why we wait Shevanakim is because of, of, we're concerned that our wives might be a zavah. Right. So the Gemara says, Emel Kalaf, what she's, she's not eating what? A korban. A different korban. Any korban. She can't eat anything, no. But that korban Pesach, most importantly, she's Ptura Milasos Pesach Sheni. So the, the Gemara is questioning, why is she exempt from a Pesach Sheni? And that was the Habamina, my time, isn't it because the Gemara said, she still has uh, 12 days to be Pesach. From Pesach Rishon? Pesach Rishon's Yodal and Nisan. Right, so she has 12 days to become a What's the example of Aleph, Beis, and Gimel? Oh, the, no, I just picked those days. No, yeah, sorry. Those are poor days to pick. I didn't mean Aleph, Beis, and Gimel, Mamish. It, it could have been, it, it had to have been differently. It had to have been that it was, uh, it was Yud, Gimel, Yud, That would have had to have been the play. I did, the dates were nonspecific. I apologize. You're correct. You're correct. Thank you. So, so maybe we should have thought that this Bryce of Rabiosi uh, meant to teach us that Demirat sits, and therefore, that's a stira to Rav Yosef's answer. Says the Gemara, no, it's not a stira because Rav Yosef holds that mikanu lehabahi mitama. This is a wild shita. Here's how it would play out. I'll use the appropriate dates this time. An yud beis nisan, she sees blood. An yud gimel nisan, she sees blood. The second the sun rises on yud dalad nisan, if she doesn't see blood, she's not a zavagadola. Even if she bleeds a minute later, that next blood is now a new count for new Zava counts. But it doesn't make her a Zava Gedola. In other words, he holds it's very difficult to become a Zava Gedola because you have to literally bleed from the night into the morning <laughs> in order to become a Zava Gedola. Very, very difficult. The Gemara is going to ask about this in a few minutes. How does Rabiosi ever come up with this scenario? We would have thought if somebody bled middle of the day on the Yud Beis, Yud Gimel, and Yud Dalet three days in a row, she's a Zavag Dola. Yossi says, no, mix us a Yom Kekulo. And if she starts Yud Dalet Nisan with no Dam, even though Yud Beis and Yud Gimel had Dam, but Yud Dalet had no Dam even for one moment in the morning, she's no longer possibly eligible to be a Zavag Dola. So the Gemara is very bothered by that, as we'll see at the bottom of the page. But before we get there, let's continue. But the point is that this third Re'ia, which took place, let's say, at 10 a.m. on Yud Dalet Nisan, does not make her a Zavag Dola. It makes her into a one-day Zavag Tana. It's her first day again. We're restart, starting the count again. Says the Gemara, Ve'atanya, wait a minute. You think that that starts a new count. Ve'atanya, Rabiosi Omer, and this is uh, very difficult to understand. Zav Balshtei Re'iyos, if you have a man who saw two Re'iyos, Sheshachtu, and he brought the Korban Pesach, V'zarku ala b'shvi shelo. And Shtei Re'iyos for a man, if he sees two Re'iyos, he has to keep Shev So they did the Shechita, and then they brought, uh, they, and then they did this Rikas Adam, and then on the seventh day, um, what happened? Ve'achar kachra, he saw Adam again. And also, if a woman saw, same as the cases we saw in the bottom, we should expect Rabbi Yossi to say that this is a new count, because that's what he just told us, that on this final day, it's a new count. Yet he says differently, mm-hmm. Rabbi Yossi associated himself on the top of he said that it's Mikanu the re'iyah that the woman saw at 10 a.m. on Yodala Nisan is Mikanu Lehaba. So why now are you saying that it's Lema Freya? Now it's retroactive and she's a Zava Gdola? You, you can't, that, those are two opposite shitas. Upturin Milasos Pesach Sheni. That's a problem. So says the Gemara, 
You're right that it appears to be a contradiction, but really it's not. Really, technically, Medina, Midoraisa, she is treated like a Zavaktana. When she sees the blood, the third episode of blood on the Yudalit of Nisan at, at 10 a.m., so the halacha is that Ladina mida oraisa, she's a zavaktana. However, midirabanan amre mailamafreya, when we say that retroactively she's takatmeya, that's only true midirabanan. And not only that, this shita is supported uh, in the following as well. Ten lines down or so, pay alpha mid alpha, verboshia savar mitame lamafreya midirabanan. Even Ravoshia holds like the shita of Rabiosi that midina, technically speaking, on day three at 10 a.m., that third re'i is not considered to make her a Zavagadola because she had mixed Asayim Kekulo that morning. The count restarts right away, but that's only on a Torah level. We are concerned to Tanya. What's the b'risa where Ravoshia shows us that he holds that way? Ravoshia Omer. Um, aval, uh, Rabbi Yossi Omer. The Ravoshia was of the opinion that a Zav who saw Dam on the seventh day of his Shevanakim, it ruins his whole Shevanakim. This is halacha lemaisa as well. If a woman is in her shevenakim, and unfortunately sometimes women can have a re'ia very late in the shevenakim, and it's soser the whole thing. That's a big problem that throws a woman back a week. It throws the couple back a week. It's a very very difficult psakim for poskim to give out when you have to say that they have to start their shevenakim over. Ba'amar le Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan says back to Rav Oshia, hold on one second. Lo Easter el yomo. No, you only lose the seventh day. You only lose the seventh day. You don't have to start over. That's crazy. Says the Gemara, we don't understand your shita. If you say things are retroactive, like we've been saying, then then he should have to go back to day zero of the count and start a Shevan Akim all over again. And Rav Yochanan, if you want to say like our initial impression of Rav Yossi, that it's Mikanu Lahaba, so then why are you saying that the seventh day is wasted? Or the seventh day also shouldn't be considered ruined. And therefore we just had a misunderstanding of what Rav Yochanan meant. Ela'ema, what did Rav Yochanan really say back to Rav, Yo- to Rav Oshia? Lo yistor velo yomo. No, everything is uh, nothing. The blood doesn't do anything bad. It's, it's mikanu lehaba. So it says, v'amar lei, Rav Oshia says back to Rav Yossi, by virtue of the fact that you say lo yistor velo yomo, that it doesn't ruin your shevenikim, so therefore, you hold, Rav Yossi, kai kavaschad, you hold just like him, that it's mikanu lehaba. But we saw earlier that Rav Yossi doesn't say that. He says, What must Rav Oshia have understood within the sheet of Rav Yossi? It must be, says the Gemara. So this is what the Gemara answers, that it must be that according to Rav Yossi, it must be that according to Rav Yossi, that Mida Oraisa, after the mixas hayom kikulo on day three for the zavagdola, she's not a zavagdola. The second she reaches one minute minute of daylight on day three, she saw blood on yud beis nisan and yud gimel nisan. The moment that yud dal nisan in the morning starts, she sees no blood. Instantly, any new blood is now mikanu lehaba midoraisa. But midorabanan rabbinically, we do go retroactively back to make her a zavadirabanan and make her keep shavanakim midorabanan. Says the Gemara halfway down, pay aleph amid aleph. Ula Rabiosi, according to Rabiosi, Hashta de Amar Mikanu Lehabo Mitama. Now that we know that Mido Raisa, that you hold that after the Mixas Hayom Kekulo, the partial start of, of Yud Dalad Nisan in that morning, that everything is for the future now, new blood is for the future, then I'm very confused about the following. How did you understand Rukhiya's Brisa? Lemais Bilvad, Lemi Utemai. 
what then was the exclusion of the case of uh, of the Brisa of Ravchia that we saw on the bottom of Pam and Beis? Nif showed me na. Maybe we should learn from here de bekoin lo Maybe we should learn from here that Rav Yossi, who otherwise doesn't have a way to explain Ravchia's Brisa, it must be that. Remember the question we started with: Do we say that the halacha lemoshim Sinai of tumas tahom is fixed by tzitz, uh, by the tzitz of the kohen? Does it only apply by the bialim, or does it even apply by the kohen? Here, Rav Chia would say, uh, here, Rav Chia would be explained by Rav Yossi to say, maybe we should say that that's what Rav Chia meant. And that's what Rav Yossi would explain within Rav Chia. Says the Gemara, nope, two thirds of the way down. Really, we're talking about the Bailam and not the Kohanim. Ube Pesach, and we're talking about a Korban Pesach. And the Kasavar, and we hold like the sheets of Ein Shochtim, Rezerk, and Altmei, Sheretz, Vitzrich, and Meute. This is the same answer we saw on the bottom of Pei Amud Beis, one of the approaches that we saw within the Bryce of Rebchia, to say that really Rebchia was just excluding the Shita of the those who hold that there are Bailam for Korban Pesach, who could become Tamei Tumas Sheretz, and that is what Rav Chia's Bryce meant to exclude when it said that Tumas HaTahom only applies the leniency, the halacha l'mosh misina, that Tumas HaTahom is solved by the tzitz of the Kohen, of the Kohen Gadol, that that's solved, is, it doesn't apply to a Tumas Sheret. So now we got to the, we're going to get to the question that I, I foreshadowed above. How do you ever have a case of a Zava Gemura? Of, AKA a Zava Gadola? A Zava Gadola is a woman who sees blood over the course of three days. Let's say she bleeds at the same time every day, 10 a.m., well after sunrise. So 10 a.m. on Yud Beis, 10 a.m. on Yud Gimel, and 10 a.m. on Yud Dal. And according to Rabbi Yossi, that's not a Zavag Dola. That's only Shte Reios. That's only two Reios. Because Miktas Hayom Kekulo on the third day, it's at, when people sit Avelus. When people sit Avelus. So the last day is Miktas Hayom Kekulo. They get up right after Shachris. It's Miktas Hayom Kekulo. You're done, Shiva's over. So we apply this dinner. This is a huge Shastagya. When do we apply Mixasayam Kikulo? When do we not? Fine. But, anyways, the question here is according to Rabiosi, who seems to say that if she bleeds on day three uh, during her Yemeziba, that she's not a Zavagdola, how does it ever play out then that she could ever become a Zavagdola? What's the scenario? The Gemara gives two answers. Number one is Bishofas. The blood is flowing, she never stops bleeding. That's quite a bit of blood. It doesn't mean that there's like a crazy flow of blood, but there's this constant blood moving, a small drip of blood throughout the, let's say, uh, at, at one minute before Shkia on Yud Beis, throughout the day on Yud Gimel, and one minute into the morning on Yud Dala, that's a Zavag Gdola, the blood is still flowing, and therefore she'd be considered a Zavag Gdola. Or a creative answer says the Gemari, or Kigon Shirasa Kol Shani, she saw on day one. And on day two, she bled from the uh, the very end of day two through into day three. And that's also considered another approach. Fine. There's ways to get it to happen. The point is that Rabiosi, Rabiosi is of the opinion that a woman can become a, a Zavagadola in a more narrow set of cases. It's not classical where she bleeds at any point on any of the three days. It's very specific guidelines and very difficult to achieve. Boy, Rav Yosef, 10 lines from the bottom, three-fourths of the way down, Rav Yosef has a question. 
Kohen Amaratzi B'tamid, a Kohen is bringing the Korban Tamid. Do we say, Hutra lo tumas homo lo? Do we say in such a case that we have the halacha l'moshim Sinai applied to the Korban Tamid for the Kohen? Do we say that it's okay to apply that leniency where the tzitz will be Maratzi, that if there was this tumas home, this unknown, unknowable tumah, do we say then that the Kohen can solve that problem? The ones of our Mishnah of Nazir and Pesach and Hutra Lo Tumas There we said that yes, there's a leniency of Tumas Would we say by Kohen Amaratze B'Tamid Mai? What would we say about that? Would we say that the Tumas would we say in such a case that we would apply the Halacha Lamosh Misinai? And the Gemara spells out its question still further, five lines from the bottom. Do we say, when we learned out the halach of Tumas HaTahom, the halach of that tells us that by Tumas HaTahom, if the Bailim become Tameh, that the Tzitz can solve that problem, do we say that it only applies by the Korban Pesach, but B'Tameh Log Miri, but it doesn't apply by the by the uh, Korban HaTamid Shel Shachar, Korban Tam Shemir Arbaim, O Dilma, or perhaps Yalif Tamid Mi Pesach, or maybe we can extrapolate one from the other. Maybe we can learn to both. Says the Gemara, Omar Rabba Kal Rabba says, I'll, I'll show you why I think it should work. Why it should be that the Halacha Lamosh Misinai, that a Tumas HaTahom, a person who becomes Tamid through an unknowable Tumah, that this person would then have the uh, the benefit of the tzitz being uh, being metaher, being meratze. What's the kal v'chomer? Uma b'makom shelo hutrolo tuma yidua hutrolo tuma satahom. That in a case where had we known that there was tuma by the korban pesach and by the nazar, you couldn't bring a korban. I'm uh, sorry, you could bring a korban. Hutrolo tuma satahom. Sorry, let me say that again. Not correct. Uma b'makom shelo hutrolo tuma yidua. If we knew about the tuma. You would not be allowed to bring the Korban Pesach. We'd push you off to Pesach Sheni, and Nazar you wouldn't be allowed to bring yet. And in such a case, in those cases, we did allow for one to lean on the Halacha Lamosh Sinai, that the Tzitz can solve that problem. Then Makom Shehutralo Tuma Yudua, Klai Yisrael's Tamei all the time in regards to the parsha, the Korban HaTamid. There we say that it's allowed to be brought the Tuma, turning to the top of Pe'ala from in Odin, is it not the case? All the more so it should have an, have an applicability of Tumasatahom. So the Gemara is not bothered by the logic per se. The Gemara embraces the logic, but the Gemara has a technical issue with this Kalvachomer. There are rules to Kalvachomers. Yes, absolutely, we can apply our own logic. However, one of the rules that applies here is that you cannot use a Kalvachomer in conjunction with a Halachalamosh Sinai. And here, what we're dealing with is the Gemara says this explicitly. Do we allow Rabbah to build a Kalvachomer when one of the factors, the variables of the Kalvachomer is the Halachalamosh Misinai of the Tumasatahom is Meratzibitzitz? So says the Gemara about Tanya. After all, we have some halachos that apply by a nazir. Amar lo Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says to Rabbi Akiva, Akiva, etzem kiseora halacha. There's a din by a nazir about whether or not what makes them tame mace. And as well, Ravi is dam in regards to blood too. Does that make them? That's also a kavachomer. However, what did we see from Rabbi Eliezer? Bein done in kavachomer me halacha. So Rabbi, sorry, smart. But you can't do that. You broke one of the rules of Kalvachomer because your Kalvachomer was leaning on the fact that Tumasatom is Allah You broke the rules. So therefore, says the Gemara, Lamar Rava, not Rava, but Rava, generation later, Rava says, You're right, it's not a Kalvachomer, it's Xerashava. What's Xerashava? We saw this one earlier in the Masechta. 
Yalif Moado Moado Mi Pesach. Beautiful. So now we know that Tumas Hatahom applies to the world of the Parsha Satamid, of the Korban Hatamid, excuse me, not the Parsha Satamid. Asks the Gemara the question that we should have asked out of the gates when we started tonight's shear. What are the Mari Mekomos? How do we know that Tumas Hatahom is a thing? Where does that come from? Says the Gemara, the Tumas Hatahom Gufa Hechaksiva. What are the psukim that indicate this? Now, some of the Meforshim here point out that this question is, is, is just backwardsly placed. We know that it's not a pasuk because we already determined that it's halacha l'moshim So what are you asking about a pasuk for? Halacha l'moshim is not found in a pasuk. Maybe it's, a, it's hinted to, but it's definitely not explicit in the pasuk. So the Gemara, we are gonna, we're going to navigate this and conclude that it's halacha l'moshim I shared this with you already, but, but really we haven't technically learned it yet. We know it's true but from the flow of the Gemara, but here are the actual sources that indicate as to how we learn out Tumas Utumasatahom, how do we know Gufa Hecha Ksiva? Where do we know this halacha from? Amar Ebelazar, Amar Krav, Chiamus, Meis, Alav. When a person dies, a Pasuk by Nazir, the Mechaveras Alav. Only when it's clear to one person. Ashkechan Nazir, good. That Pasuk speaks about a Nazir. Osa Pesach Minalan. What about the applicability of Tumasatahom by a Korban Pesach? How do we know that? Amar of Yochanan, Amar Krav, Bederach Rechoka Lachem, Mechaveras Lachem. It's, uh, it has to be clear to you. Otherwise, it's too much to home. Fine. Third source. Rav Shimon ben Lakish Amar Kaderech. Like the word Derech in the Pasuk that we just saw. The Pasuk says, V'derech rechoka lachem, Ma'derech begalui, Aftumanami begalui. Only if it's well known. Mesibe. The Gemara questions all three of these in one fell. from a Tosefta. The Tosefta defines Tumasata home. What's the scope of Tumasata home? Ezehu Tumasata home. How do we know that we're in a scenario of Tumasat Tehom? So it says the Gemara, simple. Kol shelo hikirba echad sofa olam. Nobody in the world knows that there's a mace there. Nobody. Let's say that there was a cemetery that was a half a mile out. There was an avalanche and things started to shift underground. Nobody knows. Not the murderer, not the barrier. Nobody on the planet knows. That is the definition of Tumasat Tehom. It is an unknowable fact. No one could have known. If one person knows where it is. So then, that's not called Tumas home. It's total black knowledge. Nobody, no clue. You're total blank. It's a, it's a total blank screen. Good. So it says the Gemara, that doesn't work for any of the three Tanen that we just saw above. The Rabbi Eliezer, he knew. One guy knew. So he, that, that answer doesn't work. The Rabbi Yochanan, it's clear to two people. If two people know, that's also not what we said. It has to be nobody. And the Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, the whole world has to know. None of these match. The Bryce's definition of Tumas Hatahom, none of them. So therefore, the Gemara says, Ella, and this is very important for us, Ella Tumas Hatahom, Hilchasogmirila. This is the Marimakom. None of the three rationales given by the Amorai make any sense as it relates to the Brysa. We therefore say that there are no Marimakomos in the Torah explicitly that indicate that it is a, a din, Tumas Hatahom, Ella. It's Tumas Hatomah Hilchasagmirila. The phrase of Hilchasagmirila, it is a law that is by tradition for us. It means that it is halacha l'moshim The kra and the psukim that are quoted by uh, by the Amoraim here is asmachta be'alma. It's just meant to be a little bit of a hint. And asmachta is a usage of a pasuk to help us learn something that isn't do'raisa. 
that's one use of asmachta. There's another one for gambling. We'll discuss in Masecha Sanhedrin. But here, the phrase of ukra asmachta ba'alma means that the pasuk is being used just simply to indicate the, an idea, to reference an idea, but the, the actual halachic reasoning behind the idea is not the pasuk. In this case, the reason that we know that the tzitz helps in the case of Tumas HaTahom is halacha l'moshim Sinai. Omar mar, one third of the way down, pay aleph amid beis amar mar bar ravashi. Lo shanu, lo shanu what? Lo shanu, look at Rashi, two inches below where we are. Lo shanu, the tzitz miratze, al tumas hatehom bin nazir be'ose pesach. We only stated that a nazir and a korban pesach, the tumas hatehom helps them, it's back in the Gemara. Lo shanu, that the tzitz is miratze in these cases, el shanodelo le'achar zrika. If the knowledge of the tuma was only learned after the zrika sadam, the is darik dam, Shapir is darik. That when the blood was thrown, you did a good job. The zrika sadam was clean. Your brain, as the kohen, you're doing the zrika. You only knew good things. There was no no uh, knowledge of the tuma. Aval says the gemara. No dalo lifne zrika lo We're giving a limitation. We're qualifying the halacha l'moshe misinai to say that yes, it's true that there are times that the tzitz will be meratza by a korban pesach. However, if the kohen knew about this tumas home before the Zrika, then the tzitz is not Mirata. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. We have a Brisa. What does the Brisa say? It's a Tosefta. Excuse me. No, it's a Brisa. The Brisa says as follows. Hamotze mace. If there is a dead body, mushkav l'rochbo sheldarach. Across the width of the road. So then, as it relates to, to the din that we're speaking about, about Tumas HaTahom, truma tame. We have no heter of... Um, no heter of Tumas home in regards to Truma. We know the applicability. That was what we were just talking about, is that we do apply the halachos of uh, the tzitz being maratza in such a case. However, the problem is that it seems from here that it's talking about later, that in the future you're going to be. And that doesn't fit for us because that means you know about the Tuma now, but later the tzitz is going to be maratza. That's against the diuk of Mar Baravashi, because he said that once you know about it, you can't do, then the Ritui doesn't work. But if these words in the Brisa are meant to indicate Nikanu Lehaba, then that doesn't fit, because now it seems like it'll be Maratza, even though you know about the Tuma. So says the Gemara, Ella, you're right. We misunderstood the Shita of Mar Baravashi. Itmar Hachi Itmar. This is really Pshad in that statement. Omar Mar Baravashi, Lo Tema, do not say, No Delo Leachar Zrikahu Demiratze. That only if uh, you found out about the tuma after the zrika would the tzitz be meratze, and then you might also assume aval no delolifne zrika lo meratze. You might have thought, like our initial version of Rav Mari, that had you known about it, the tzitz would not work. Ella says the Gemara, afilu no delolifne zrika meratze. Really, halacha lemaisa, you are not limiting this halacha lemoshmi sinai at all, because this halacha lemoshmi sinai is sweeping. Such that even if you knew about the tuma, the tzitz would be maratza. It's a very powerful idea. It's tuma satahom. It's tuma satahom. It's still unknowable. No one could have ever known. It was a, it was a landslide, and now there's a mace across right under the road. Nobody ever saw it. You walked over it, and somebody says, "Oh my gosh, this body surfaced," and you say, "I walked down that road." We don't care. We know your tame mace. We don't care. Tuma satahom is maratza tzitz. That's our mission. So says the Gemara Gufa. Let's analyze a couple of parameters of walking over a dead body. Uh, that is lying across the road. Gufa. We just saw in the Brisa a moment ago to help us understand the statement of Mar Bar Rav, um, Mar Baravashi. And here's what was said over there. 
Um, if there's a, a body that's across the road, so then we said the truma tame. We do not apply the rules of tumas atahom that the tzitzis merata by truma, but lenazir vosa pesach tahar. Yes, we do. So we're going to see um, four bamed amurims. Whenever we see bamed amurim, your brain should say we're about to be limited. When do we say this only in case X, but not in case Y? So we're, we're going to learn about all the not in case Ys right now. Let's see what's going on here. Bamed varamamurim number one. Bamed varamamurim, when do we say this din? She'ein lo makom la'avor, where there's no other way to walk. It's a six-foot roadway, and there's a six-foot body. Aval yesh makom la'avor. But if there was a theoretical place for you to walk without walking over the mace, then even afla truma tahor. We would even say in that case, if there's a space for you to walk around in theory, so then uh, even the truma would be fine. But medvar mamurim number two, our second qualifier, shemitza oshalem. That's assuming that you found the body to be in one piece. However, aval meshubar umefurak tor. If the body is not in one piece, it's in multiple pieces, quite a gory scene. So then the halacha is tahor as well. The truma would be tahor there too. Not because uh, the tzitzis meratza in the case of tumas atahom, but because it's possible that you didn't touch the tumah, shema bena prakim lavar. Maybe you didn't step directly over a piece of the body. And ubekever, if all of these pieces are in a grave or in an actual casket, that if it's a six foot box, that's different because that's everything becomes one in the box. So that qualifier is number two. Qualifier number three, when do we say that the truma will be tamay and that the Pesach and the Nazir will be tahor? When is it that we apply the rules of Tumasata home? That the Tzitzis Meratze, when there's a, a body in the road, that's if you're walking by foot. However, if you're being carried, or if you're on an animal, then you're going to be tamay. When you're walking by foot, it's possible that you won't uh, violate Tumas Ohel, that you won't stand under an Ohel, you and the meat under one. Oh, that's very possible. And maybe you stepped over it in a way where you wouldn't become tummy. It's impossible to not become tummy. And our fourth one for the night, what's another qualifier? We're only talking about tuma that's unknowable. However, everyone would agree there that that would be real tuma. Even for the Nazir and the Pesach, we cannot apply the Tzitzis Meratze when we knew about this. So let's say that the people in the uh, cemetery ran out of room. They're like, Nebuch, what can we do? We're going to put him right in the middle of the road. Terrible decision. But they knew. They knew. That's not Tumasat to home. Even though you didn't know, we don't define Tumasat to home by the individual. We define it by anyone in the world knowing. And therefore, you'd be tummy. And as mentioned, how do we define If nobody in the world knows about And how is it that we would find this body? What are the parameters? This is like a CSI show. Here's what the Gemara says. If a body is buried in straw or in dirt or under rocks, a body that's buried like that can be under the category of no one should really ever know about it. You bury the body in cement, right? That's fine. However, bimayim, be'afela, and binikike slime in water, because bodies float, they become buoyant after a while. Be'afela in the dark, maybe there will be a moment of light, some moonlight, something, you'll be able to see the mace. Binikike slime in some cracks in uh, in rocks. 
Ein ze tumasatehom. And then the Gemara closes out like we opened up, which is below Amru tumasatehom and lames bilvad. We only really say tumasatehom. The the halacha lemoshemisinai that the tzitz helps in regards to a tumasata home. We only say it in regards to a mace. Let's stop right here. We'll pick up Emir Tzashem tomorrow night with Daf Pei Beis and Daf Pei Gimel Wishing you all a beautiful night.